Welcome to another episode of that 401k podcast. Ari Rosenbaum here with the 250th episode of that 401k podcast again. This week's topic, what you should be worried about when you divorce your 401k's TPA, um, you know, when things don't go according to plan. But uh, of course, first things first, that 401ksite.com, uh, for information on everything that we're doing, we got a national plan sponsor event in October, national 401k uh, uh, plan provider event in January, uh, sign up and all that kind of stuff. If you see the emails, you could sign up for the plan um, advisor event in January for free. Uh, just had another episode of that 401k uh, retirement plan roundtable, that 401k virtual bunch. Check that on YouTube, on the YouTube channel for that 401k site.com. Um, a lot of fun and all that kind of stuff. And now to the topic at hand. Um, the Real World uh, was probably like that first reality show that I ever seen. I never did see James at 17 or the PBS, uh, American Family PBS show, whatever it is. Actually, I think James at 14 and all that stuff, that was actually a fictional show. I get them confused, but American Family, that was that PBS show, I think, back in the 70s. But uh, The Real World, you know, around my time when it first came on, New York, L.A., then San Francisco, and I think I saw Seattle, and then I was done with it. But, you know, they always say uh, the opening intro was to find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. And um, that always reminds me of when a plant provider, especially a third-party administrator, gets fired. Uh, all of a sudden, divorcing that CPA, um, you have a business relationship. It uh, You know, and you have so many different business relationships that come to an end. Uh, you know, I've been using the same mechanic for 26 years, but, you know, if I move or Ralph retires, I'll have to go somebody else. But there won't be any kind of extra work that whoever's going to take over for Ralph will have to do. Uh, it's, a, it's a clean break if I ever left Ralph, which, which, again, as long as I live here, I won't do. And it's important to, you know, as I say, remember the kids because in a divorce, um, you know, I've been very, very lucky don't have one. You know, I have relatives who have one or two divorces on their on their thing, and I know for a couple of them, things didn't go so smoothly. Uh, a lot of problems, headaches, expenses, and all that stuff. You know, hiring attorneys aren't cheap. Um, you know, obviously, rule of thumb is, you know, you're getting a divorce, don't forget the kids. And when it comes to firing a TPA and getting a divorce from the TPA, don't forget the kids, which is the plan and the plan participants, the assets. Plan sponsors are plan fiduciary. Uh, they have to, you know, the main concern obviously is to protect plan participants at all costs. Oh, by the way, I did talk to somebody who listens to the podcast and he did say, I hate when uh, you get a text or a phone call and all that stuff. And unfortunately, today I'm recording on a Wednesday because it's a crazy week. Um, Son's graduating on Friday, kids are off and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I always say, I said to him, you know, I, I try to manage these things, but I always tell people not to call, and they call anyway, or if they don't call, they text, and, you know, with the uh, Mac computer, it's everything's, and the iPhone is tied together, or whatever, so I, 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 I just wanted to state that for that uh, person who uh, went to complain. I said, you know what, you're right. I hate, it's, it's, it's a pain in the rear end when you have to stop and go and all that stuff, and, and hear the beeps and all that stuff. And, of course, about now, somebody will call. Uh, probably one of my clients. Uh, a TPA gets fired for a lot of reasons. Um, sometimes it's, you know, for a good reason. Sometimes there really is no reason. 
TPAs can get fired for higher fees, change of advisors or brokers. You know, and those are the people who, who push the plan sponsor to make a change. Or because, uh, you know, the brother of the law firm's partner works for the mutual company that will now be the new TPA. Um, I don't remember the reference, but I'm sure knowing me that there's some sort of joke behind that. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of times it's, it's, there's no, you know, big reason why. It's just a, a change is needed. It's business, not personal. But the problem is, is a lot of TPAs take it personally. Um, you know, uh, I have the situation with this MEP that I ran, I still run actually, it's converting to a PEP and we terminated the TPA for a lot of reasons. Uh, it was taken over by a New Jersey TPA and the guy took it personally. Uh, I guess probably because he bought this TPA and we were such a big client, you know, 150 grand a year and whatnot. He, uh, was trying to hold us up for $80,000 to do an audit and 5500 that we already paid for. Um, it's two years and change later, and the matter is still on the DOL investigation. Uh, you know, we tried to move on, be civil about it, uh, the advisor and I, and um, again, the broker, and not the broker, the TPA took it personally, um, to, the, to the point that after I filed the complaint with um, the ARA, um, and, uh, you know, over one of their members, and how I was treated, I think a TPA owner sent a, um, he claims he sent a complaint to the New York State Bar, the Attorney Grievance Committee for my district, and it was laughable. Uh, they either never received it or they just laughed it out. So two years later, I still haven't heard about it. But just because, you know, you're a plan sponsor and you want to end things amicably, not everybody plays ball with that. Um, obviously the good TPAs are the bad ones. It's really obviously easy to determine who the good TPAs are from the bad ones. The good TPA will not take their fine personally and will try to make the transition to a new provider as soon as it can. Bad TPAs are like my friend in, in you know, that Florida-based TPA. They just didn't want to do the work. Uh, Tretis held us up for $80,000. We had to pay the succeeding TPA to, you know, fix things up and whatnot. But, um... People, you know, will take that stuff personally. I, I know a TPA out here in Long Island, and, you know, he always says, you know, it's it's business. You know, the TPA gets fired, so someone goes to ADP or paychecks. You know, he jokes, like, you know, six months, a year down the line, they'll come back. And why take it all so personally? And it's happened to him a situation where people left for a cheaper provider, you know, like an ADP or paychecks, whatever, and eventually came back. Um, it happens. And... Um, you know, relationships uh, end and, and relationships can begin again. Uh, so, you know, a good TPA is going to, you know, transition it to the new TPA, um, cause as much, um, you know, co cause as little issues as possible. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's an important uh, thing uh, to show. Again, um, I don't believe in going tit for tat anymore. Um, I think when I was younger, I would, and I just think that, uh, you know, if you, you go down to somebody else's level, and it's a low level, it, it doesn't make yourself look any better. Um, a lot of times, rolling in the mud just makes you look dirty. Um, and again, your TPA, don't take it personally, you're a plan sponsor. Um, be aware that, uh, you know, 
again, the, the old TPA may take things personally and have issues and whatnot. And obviously, the difference between a good TPA and a bad TPA is a lot of times, obviously, uh, the bad TPA will have caused mistakes in its run as the TPA. And the plant transitions to a new TPA, and the new TPA discovers all these hosts of errors and problems and issues that has come as a result of the plan. Uh, you know, I've had it where I helped the plant transition a year later. There's a top-heavy test that was done incorrectly. I use an example. I, I converted a help a, a plan convert over to a new provider. The old TPA was somebody I used to work for. Um, the top-heavy test was done incorrectly. Uh, for simple the fact that um, you know, again, this woman who had 20 years experience didn't realize that the uh, attribution rules also apply to key employees. A uh, guy who's a named partner in a law firm. You know, his daughter and his wife, who are employees, are also going to be treated as key employees as well. And so the plan was top-heavy, um, you know, and, and eventually there was restitution by the TPA. Uh, a lot of times, obviously, TPA is going to go as far as it can go and say they're not going to uh, not going to pay anything and whatnot uh, and, and not fix the problem. I had a recent situation a couple of years ago. I just looked through some old emails about a TPA that said, oh, you know, uh, you switch over the switch over uh, the stable value fund based on our recommendation. Uh, there should be no market value adjustment. And if there is, we'll pay for it. And then when the market value adjustment was like 80 grand for the plan, all of a sudden the TPA stopped t taking phone calls. So, you know, uh, there are a lot of times, and again, I always say uh, when a TPA expires, uh, that's one of the two great ways to find errors and see that the TPA wasn't very, very good at your job. It's, it's when there's a, a conversion to a new TPA or, you know, obviously IRS deal audit later down the line. Um, the deconversion, uh, deconversion from one TPA to another, it brings up the dreaded deconversion fee, um, you know, I, 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 to this day, I still have a problem with it. I will, you know, disagree with people. I don't, you know, again, I change doctors. I don't pay a fee. I change attorneys. I don't pay a fee. I change mechanics. I don't pay a fee. Somehow, uh, firing a third-party administrator entitles them to a fee to do the work to deconvert the plan. Now, the problem with it is, again, I don't think you should pay for, you know, firing somebody. But I understand there's a lot of work. I always think a TPA should base that into their fee. Uh, you know, it's that old Davy Johnson expression, Davy, are you hired to be fired, that I heard at WFAN about 35 years ago. That's how it is. Uh, every TPA relationship will end one way or another. It will not go on forever. Uh, and so, you know, I think a TPA should price that in uh, and amortize it over time. Um the problem with the deconversion fee, in my opinion, is uh, it's rarely stated in the agreements. And, uh, you know, plan sponsor may not be aware. Uh, I worked for a TPA where the deconversion fee was based on the whim of one of the owners of the company. He liked the advisor that I was with because they had other clients. Well, they got a better terms than somebody who had an advisor with one plan on the books with us. So, uh you know, I, I think it's one of those big uh, no-nos and big problems that uh, that we have. Uh, 
of course, when firing the TPA, uh, it's important for um, the plane sponsor to identify the blackout period. Uh, speaking about blackouts, uh, you know, I, I've gone through two blackouts in my lifetime. The 1977 blackout, I remember it was in July. I was five years old and lights went out and there was no camp for the day. Uh, you did nothing. I was trying to, you know, I was putting the old, I had like an old Sony Trentron you know, 1977, you know, you pull out the, the, the button, uh, you know, there was no remote control, wasn't working. 2003 blackout, a little bit different. Worked in the city, lights went out, I had to walk 12 miles. Um, you know, participants, um, you know, during the blackout period, they can still make loan repayments and all that stuff, and money will be deferred, and, and it will continue to be invested according to, you know, Elections on file, but obviously they can't change their investments and whatnot. Um, it could last 10 business days. Again, the blackout period, as long as it lasts more than three business days, a notice has to be provided. Uh, no less than 30, no more than 60 prior to the start of the blackout. And so it's important to get estimates. Uh, you know, I know some CPAs that could, you know, 48, 72 hours, they could get the plan out of blackout. Very rarely does that happen. Some of the bigger providers, it can take a few weeks. Last but not least, um, I think it's important to find out who covers what. Um, uh, it happens so often where, you know, plan sponsor fires one CPA, hires another. could be mid-year, uh, could be end of the year, and there's not a, a consensus on who does what. And invariably what happens is people don't do redundant work. What usually happens is one set of one set of books isn't done. So like for example, you, you terminate the end of twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four comes along and nobody knows whether they have to do the fifty five hundred or not. And that was again the problem that I had with that Florida CPA. We paid them an annual fee. We were entitled at fifty five hundred and the valuation. Uh, just because the work was being done in July doesn't change the fact that I paid it for the whole entire year. You know, you can't buy, you can't sell me a car and say the steering wheel is extra. So you can't charge me for 2020 uh, for administration and 5500 per year contract and then claim, well, I, I don't have to do it because it's after I, you know, got terminated. Life doesn't work that way. But I think it's really important that plan sponsors delineate who does what to make sure that nothing falls through the cracks. Um, and... Really, that's it for a very, very short episode of the 4K Podcast. And again, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, my kids are home, so I got to do a lot of stuff and getting ready for the summer. And, and the son is graduating uh, this Friday, so uh, that's a big deal for me, obviously a bigger deal for him. And, uh, of course, again, 15 minutes, whatever. Go to that 4K Podcast for further information on all our live events as well as the articles and stuff that we're doing. Take care.